Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 13 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am your host, Rick. And I am your other host, Patrick. And we are happy to be here. This is week number three of our Oktoberfest. I forgot the name that I made up for it last week thing that we're doing. You should have written that down. I should have written that down, but I didn't. So, oh well. Hey, look, we're going true spirit of Oktoberfest this week. We have gone and we have found, if you have a local Oktoberfest festival near you, go and find beers there. So we have found some beers from Germany, and I'm not even going to attempt this in German, but the the name, this is a Hofbrau, Hofbrau Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. Sure enough. feel like you nailed that one. Made in Germany. What is it when the two dots are over the letter? What does that make it do? Um, I think that makes it like you gotta you gotta sound more angry. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get to sound more German because <laughs> because you know how you know how the whole thing like how you talk in German is just, or how you speak German is just loudly and really gargly. You know, I think I think that's what those markers are for. Isn't German like Russian light? I think Russian's more like German light. I don't know. I just know they're both angry. <laughs> but hey, the Pretty Germans much. have Oktoberfest, so that's a win in my book. But the Russians have vodka. Uh, you're right. So we have this one. It's from <laughs> Germany. It's from Munich. <laughs> and <Vodka>. Segway. Go. <laughs> so we have this one from Germany. It's from Munich. Um, this is the Hofbrau Oktoberfest. Um, kicking up 6.3% ABV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a product of Germany. It was bottled by Stottliches Hofbrauhaus in Munichen, Germany. There you go. I'm sure I butchered the heck out of that. Hey, but, this uh, is brewed according to the German purity law. Do they have they have a beer purity law in Germany? That might explain why I look so pale in the light. That's amazing, though. I but wish. I wish. Hey, America, look. We're not saying be like Germany, but get on this. Let's purify our beer here. A little bit. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get a this, beer purity law on the books. Okay? This is probably going to be the most amazing beer experience either of us it have pro- ever had. So this is officially the first like major international beer. When, when I say like major international, I mean not from anywhere in North or South America. I don't think I've had an international. No, no, Where's no. Where's Stella Artois from? Uh, maybe it's from Italy. I don't know. I've had Stella before, though. I did, so I have been uh, to the United Kingdom before, and I did have beer in the United Kingdom one time. It was basically like beer in the in the U.S., so. I've but only, I've never had Heineken or anything like that. Yeah, me neither. I've only ever left the left the country for mission trips, so drinking is probably not a, not a good <laughs> not look. encouraged on mission trips. Yeah, probably not a good look there. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. Is there any information we need to? I don't. I don't know. We went to the website. I had the website pulled up. I don't yeah. know if I still do or not. There's not a whole lot on it. Um, the brew behind Oktoberfest enjoyed by 250,000 people uh, at the Hofbrau tent in Munich, Germany. Um, which, I mean, hey, look. If if we have a really wealthy listener that wants to send us to Germany for Oktoberfest one year, we'll gladly go. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, the Brewery says the bottle says the brewery was established in 1589. Dude, that's legit, right there. So this is going to be by far the oldest, uh, the the oldest brewery. the oldest brewery that we've reviewed here for sure. It's true. 
So, and I, I think Hofbrau might be pretty popular in Germany because when I so when I went to this Oktoberfest uh, thing and the city was hosting, like everybody found somehow found all of their German clothes and wore it. But like Hofbrau was one of the main kind of logos that I kept seeing on on different hmm. people and stuff. So I think Hofbrau might be popular in Germany. And if it's enjoyed by two hundred and fifty thousand people, I don't know how many people go to Oktoberfest, but if it's enjoyed by two hundred over two hundred and fifty thousand people, that's a lot of people. Dude, they have a Lederhosen t shirt on their website. A Lederhosen t shirt? That was like a t shirt that's got like the like the suspenders, the German mm-hmm. suspenders, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I need that in my life. I don't know if I, I need, need it. Suspenders. But Anyway. Anyway. So here we are. We're going to crack these things open. We're going to see how good they are. This is the Hofbrau Oktoberfest beer. Crack them open. Two, three. Oh. Okay. It Now, looking at this in the bottle, it looks very pale. So we're going to pour this thing out and see what happens to it, but it smells delicious. <laughs> It has a very strong <laughs> smell to it, for sure. Like, it it smells really good. I'm not going to lie. So, here we go. Let's pour this thing out. Oh, that is way pale. So, either Sam Adams has it right, or the Germans have it right. My money is going to be on the Germans having the German <laughs> festival beer figured out. <laughs> Just a thought. Didn't they? They started Oktoberfest, didn't they? Yeah, Oktoberfest sure. is a German thing. Yeah, because you spell it with an OK. And by the way, uh, when you type it that way, autocorrect does not like it. If you type OK T O B E R, it fixes it to O C T O B E R. So get on fixing that Apple. We want it. We want to be able to spell October with a K. I'm trying to place the the scent in its uh. This is almost a little bit fruity smell. Dude, so you know how you're talking about it, how it how it's pure? You know, they have the purity law or whatever? Yeah. It does it just smells like beer. Yeah, it does. Dude, all right. Oh, dude, check out the back of the bottle. All right, so I'm going to read this real fast. The Oktoberfest originated in 1810 in Munich, Germany as a wedding celebration for the crown prince Ludwig of Bavaria. This product was created especially for that event and brewed usually for the Oktoberfest, now the largest beer festival in the world. Hofbrau Munichen is one of the is one of a selected group of breweries granted the privileges of supplying Oktoberfest with their products. Using the highest quality ingredients, Hofbrau's Oktoberfest specialty has its own distinctive and unique taste. So only a certain number of breweries in Germany are even allowed to brew Oktoberfest? I guess so. That's or crazy. At least, at least for the festivities for the the for royalty it. or whatever. Cool. Dude, this was a this was a pretty wise choice here for the first German Oktoberfest. So let's dive in this thing because I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by it. Bottoms up. Don't chug this. <laughs> Clank. Okay, that was not the taste I was expecting from such a pale-looking beer. Okay, so I'm working through my 12-pack of Sam Adams Oktoberfest. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Do you have another one tonight? I had one tonight at dinner, and so that taste is still fresh on my mind. Yep. Um, Please tell me this one's better. This one is better. Sam Adams is comparable. Sam Adams is closer to this one than Line and Kugel was. Yes, yes. This is nowhere near. Like I was honestly, I was expecting this to taste like Line and Kugel because of the color. Because it just, I mean, if you poured it up in a bottle or in a in a glass, it looks like just a regular. Ale is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, Germany, you know what you're doing because you make all your beer look the same, but it tastes different. So, good job there. It's got like a just a little 
something at the very back, like at the at the last second before you swallow it. Mm-hmm. There's like just a little, like a little kick of something, good. but I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. This is good. I'm glad I didn't go go all in on on Sam Adams because I know what I'm going to give this. Okay. So here we go. This is every bit of a four and a half Luther on a scale of one to five, four and a half Luthers all day long. Um, I might go drive to the place where I bought these and buy some more. <laughs> Cause these, this is good. I'm going up there this weekend. Hey, pick up a sixer. I might for you. I might. Yeah, this is good. I could, like, I kind of want to keep this year round, even though I know it's not available. Yeah, stock up. This, I mean, this to me is as good. This is as good as any Yingling or uh, it's it's up there with Dragon's Milk for me. It's a it's a different taste, like because I I know when I when I go for Oktoberfest, I'm going for this flavor. Like I'm going for a specific flavor, and in the Oktoberfest realm. This, I mean, this beats this beats Sam Adams, and I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I'm 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 gonna go four and a half because this thing is good, and I'm probably gonna be done with this in like three seconds. I agree with you that it's good. Um, I don't know if I can go all the way to four and a half, but I don't know if I can just leave it at four either because it is. I do think it's better than <laughs> Sam Adams, and I gave Sam Adams a four. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give it four and a half. I think I do think it's good. It's substantially better than um, Line and Kugel. Line and Kugel. Yeah. And, way Line, than and that. Line and Kugel still got a three and a half out of both of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, Line and Kugel was a good beer, but it was not a good Oktoberfest. Like, this one was surprising. Like, honestly, I expected Line and Kugel to taste better because it was darker. And, you, you know, you have that Sam Adams dark, like, expectation. Mm-hmm. I was, I was not hopeful for this until I actually tasted it. I mean it smelled good, but the Line and Kugel smelled good. It just didn't it, it didn't do anything as far yeah. as Oktoberfest is concerned. But this mm-hmm. is like this to me is like the Sam Adams, which is kind of I I guess it's hey it's bad to say that the Sam Adams is my standard, but like that was the first Oktoberfest that I'd ever had. Well and, and up until last week that was was that the only Oktoberfest you had had? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'd never had any other because most places, I mean, don't carry. I mean, I had to. I had to go to an actual Oktoberfest festival to get yeah. this. So, you know, I th- I'm. I think I'm going to end up with you at four and a half because of the of the Oktoberfests we've had. This is this is by far the best. Yeah, this is the best one we've had so far. But I can't go all the way to five. Now I can't wait to go try the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong. If we if we didn't have if I didn't have the rule where I don't yeah. drink it till podcast, I'd okay. So, so I have you, did you cheat? Okay, so I I actually bought more. I bought a bunch of different ones, more than we're gonna need for our our October celebration here. Actually, um, this is the next to last one. That's kind of sad. I know, I know. It's it's a little sad. We we might keep going because we have more. We than, have the beer to do it. Yeah, we have we have a total of four different ones that we can do, including this one that we just had. Yes. So, um, but there's a fifth one that I bought uh, that I that I just straight up like didn't even didn't even question it. I cheated. Like I I bought it and I went and drank it. <laughs> um, but it's from a, a brewery in North Carolina called Mother Earth, mm-hmm. and I would give it like. I would give it it for Luther's. Like to me, it was it was on the same level as a Sam Adams, and I gave it. I, I would say that one was a four. This one is better than that one. Okay. So so I'm trying to I'm trying to be consistent here, and mm-hmm. and I mean this this thing is really good. Like yeah, I'm I'm borderline almost on the five, but I don't want to give an Oktoberfest a five because then I'm like up the creek for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. That that's a that is a good point. Like it's gonna have to be something really really special yeah. to get a five. I would think maybe what we do is after next week we come back and rank the Oktoberfest beers October we've fest, done. Yeah, 
maybe maybe next week we'll just we'll do a a review of all the different ones that we've done and rank them in order one to four and then any other ones that we've managed to drink on along the process too may figure something out so but this one hey Hofbrau yeah four and a half four and a half all the way um, all day long. This thing is really good, uh, really enjoyable, smooth. This thing is so smooth. I think mm-hmm. I think that might be what what really kind of pushes it over. Like the Sam Adams is smooth, but this just seems to like it's just. I mean, it just goes down. Mm-hmm. It's a good tasting beer. It's um, it's I got feel, rich I, I, flavor. I feel like you could you could have this at dinner. You could have it grilling. Yeah, I can um, have this anytime. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere, any place. I would if I saw this on the menu, I would order it. I absolutely would order it. Especially if it was on tap. Yeah. Dude, but, I think yeah. so I think what I'm learning is that my my safe go to is gonna taste like tap water <laughs> a, after after we're Com- done with this whole thing. <laughs> Compared to the, this is the thirteenth different beer we've had. Mm-hmm. And uh I can't you start tell- to learn all the varieties. Dude, I can't tell you the last time I went and bought Budweiser. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, because you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to just go buy the normal. I want to buy something special. Even like at dinners or whatever, I'm, you know, I'll Looking get something. I'll, I'll get something different instead of just being like, oh, just get me whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of bring me a Budweiser, it's let me see your beer list. Let me look at what you got. Yeah. That's why I love restaurants like Mellow Mushroom because the majority of Mellow Mushrooms across the country have like 50 beers on tap. Yeah. And beer off tap is way better than beer out of a can or beer out of a bottle. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason I want to go to Germany. Like, I want to drink one of these out of a tap, out of a draft. I bet at that fest, Oktoberfest, they would have this they on tap. They probably do. We, we didn't make it down that far. Um but that place does we get crowded. Time. Yeah. And we were, we were a little limited on time. We only had like an hour. And so we just kind of walked around a little bit. And mm-hmm. I tried to find a, a few places where I could get some different Oktoberfests. And I found mm-hmm. one store that had like 20. And I was like, okay, I don't have enough money to buy 20. So I'm going to buy like four. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this thing's really good. No, I, I mean, it's it's really good. Yeah, I agree. It's... um. It's up there with like the dragon's milk that we've had, um, whatever Again, a, whatever that one I gave a five was a Gaelic ale. Yeah, it's um, a different flavor, but it's a, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, it it just makes me like. Normally, I'm not usually done with the with the beers before we get done with the review, and I'm almost done with this thing. That's how good it is. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, so Hofbrau, good job. Yeah, well with that done test. on that. You guys have I had mean, 500 years to get it right. I was about so. to say, it better be good. You've been doing it for a minute. So so that's our review of the Hofbrau Oktoberfest beer. And now we're going to move into Concise Theology. And we have a lot of fun topics up for tonight. We're going to talk about Satan. We're going to talk about demons and angels. And, I mean... You really almost couldn't get better for an Oktoberfest conversation. No, you couldn't. Satan, demons, and angels. Sounds like fun. So, here we go. All right, and we are back. Uh, Back into Concise Theology. Back into J.I. Packer. This guy is a smart cookie. Yeah, he is. He He knows a thing or two. He knows way more about all of this stuff than I could ever, than I've already forgotten about most of it. And what's crazy is, so like the, the book is titled Concisiology, and I'm like, okay, it's just going to be like pretty simple or whatever. And I know we've talked about this already, but the the chapters are like, each of these sections, like when we talk about Satan, at least on my, what I'm using to read it, it's like not even a full page. No, but it's still deep enough to where yeah. you're like, I got to think about that for a yeah. hot minute. I got to think about that for a week until the next episode of <laughs> the Beers and Bible podcast. So, all right. So here we go. First topic we're going to talk about tonight. 
little disclaimer we're going to go backwards for a yes. hot minute so we're yes. going to start with satan and then we're going to go to demons then we're going to come back to angels so we if you're following in the book we're we're flipping the order here we're doing yeah three things and we're going to go backwards yeah and and the reason for that is we don't really want to end with satan because satan doesn't have an end or a well, good he one. does have it he doesn't have a good end <laughs> so um so yeah we're going to start with satan work backwards to angels so for those of you following in the book benny benny hen listening um <laughs> shout out to benny for last week yeah we he appreciate did you coming by. dude you did a great job yeah i don't know if rick told you and i know i didn't tell you because i haven't seen you but i think i think you did a great job last week so so um, thanks for coming on listener benny for coming and hanging out with us friend of the podcast all right so tell first, us about satan tell yeah, us so, about satan uh satan's a bad dude um <laughs> so packer says that uh, satan the, the way he describes him is or a way that he describes him is that the fallen angels or demons have a leader and this makes more sense when you read the book because the chapter immediately before it is demons um but uh the verse is the verse that he uses is job 1 6 one day the angels came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came with them uh packer begins he just says that satan the leader of the fallen angels comes like them into full view only in the new testament his name means adversary opponent of god and his people and the old testament introduces him as such so the idea of satan comes full circle and is very prominent in the new testament in the old testament we get we get introduced to satan but we don't see a ton of interaction between satan and creation no like like really he like, like he's present in, he's present in the garden of eden <laughs> as a serpent and he's mm-hmm. present with in job but apart from that there's not really a whole lot of a, a lot of a, reference to him in the old testament no there's not a whole lot of mention to him and i mean even when you get into like the stories of sodom and gomorrah or the tower of babel or anything like that i mean there's just not a whole lot of of satanic references um you know, you, you have this accuser, you have that kind of thing going on mm-hmm. a little bit, but the I, I, and even I mean, most of the time, your judgment stuff is coming from your prophets, or your judgment stuff is coming directly from God. Yeah, uh, you know, if if Israel's doing something stupid, which newsflash, they're doing something stupid pretty much the whole time. Even when they're <laughs> even when Israel is like getting better, they're still yeah. They're still they're getting ready to do something bad again. Yeah, yeah. So I, one of the things like I've been reading through um, the history. So you got First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Kings, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. First and Second Samuel. Those, those are the kind of traces the history of the kings. And I'm like, like I read about these kings, and I'm like, you guys are so dumb. Like I, I don't understand it. And then and then I think, wait, wait. I'm basically the same thing that they are. I do stupid stuff like this mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think, I think about like the book of Hosea, you know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's obviously a, a, a picture of the, of the nation of Israel, but it's also a picture of us and that we are yeah. constantly running away from our first love and, mm-hmm. and running back into the same things that our first love has rescued us from. Yeah. And then Jesus is still actively pursuing us every single moment of every single day saying, no, yeah. I am much better than that stuff that you're running back to. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I love it when Jesus says the Pharisees, uh, the father of the Pharisees is Satan. <laughs> that one always makes me fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. But, uh, but so we have Satan and, and he is, I mean, he is a being, he is a fallen angel. Uh, he is the leader of the demons. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he's been described as, uh, as the music minister of heaven before he fell. And so maybe that explains why we have worship wars all the time. I don't know. (laughs) I've always heard that joke that, you know, Satan was the music minister. So, so obviously we can't trust music ministers, but, uh, (laughs) shots fired air horn Uh, insert here. (laughs) But, but no, I, I mean, he disguises himself as an angel of light. He is, he is the deceiver. He is the adversary. Mm -hmm. 
the New Testament really kind of uh, hammers down on the the role of Satan mm-hmm. in our lives, and 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 I th- I thought this was this was interesting, and I think we're I can't remember exactly where I where I read this, but but I'm going to talk about it in Satan. So um, Satan, you know, in 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 streams of theology, you have this idea that evil comes from somewhere. Evil has to come from somewhere, and we've talked about the problem of evil on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But in when you're in a more reformed type system um they say you know god is completely sovereign over everything even evil he is sovereign over evil and and people argue okay well that makes god the author of evil and so i've heard this discussion and i listened to it and i'm like no we we don't apply that logic consistently and if i remember correctly um, it was it was a book called the sovereignty of god by aw pink and and he he argues he says think about it and when you when you have somebody who is a serial killer okay and and the lawyer tries to argue that the serial killer was raised by you know uh, mentally insane parents or or something like that and his upbringing is what led him to that so he should be he should be rendered not guilty we don't as a society we don't accept that argument mm-hmm. okay now. How does that apply to our to our God Satan situation? Okay, um, God is still the sovereign person, just like those parents are are the the sovereign ruler raised or whatever. God is the sovereign ruler of the universe, so therefore He is the sovereign ruler over Satan because two hundred fifty thousand people—that's a lot of people. The power of the air. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Satan is still the one who is deceiving the nations. Right. Okay. So it's and I I wouldn't say it's the best a you know apples to apples analogy, um, but but we you know in the same instance where we don't say okay no the parents should be responsible for the acts of that serial killer, we wouldn't then God is responsible for the acts of Satan. Yeah, it's it's ludicrous to say that, um, Satan has sovereignty over anything because, we, yeah. as we've discussed, God is sovereign over all. Yeah. So right. if evil happens okay. in our life, if something if something terrible happens to us, it might have been a work of Satan, but it was a work of Satan that God allowed to happen. The, yeah, exactly. Because it, because it was you know like we like we talked about, it was God's will God for that to happen, and sovereign. up until the point of the event happening. It either, it either could have happened or couldn't have happened, and either way, it's God's will. So if, yeah. if it's something evil happens to you, then that was God's will for that to happen in your life. As hard as that is to hear, yeah. you know, if something terrible has happened in your life, that's part of God's plan for your life. And how can you be thankful for that? That's yeah, be thankful for that. Yeah, and you know, when something bad happens, when God allows, I mean, and. And, you know, to bring up the, the story of Job again, Packer set it up here when he, when he talks about Job 1.6. You know, if you finish reading the first chapter of Job, you learn that Job's family dies, um, except for his wife. His wife doesn't die, um, but it's evil. He is sovereign over evil. And his livestock is killed. His fields are burned. Like, I mean, basically everything is taken from Job in, in chapter 1. Uh, the only thing that Satan was not allowed to do was to was to physically harm Job. Yeah, and so you have you have all of this happening, and then what does Job do at the end of chapter one? But tear his robes, put sackcloth and ashes on his head, and say, uh, you know, the Lord has given, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you know, I can't say with all honesty that that man, if 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 uh, if my house burned down tonight and my two children were were in the house and they died. I, man, I don't know that I would say blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, that's a it's very very difficult to say that we'd be able to like you know, eventually we would maybe get to that point. Yeah. I want to be I want to get there like yeah. I, you know, that, I desire if, that. Yeah, but you know, you know, in the event of something like that happening in our lives, we would, you know, eventually get to the point where we're you know we realize it was god's will for our life for that to happen yeah but in the moment like this is the end of chapter one like 
this all happens in one day. And Job's like, Mm -hmm. you know what? God gave it to me. It was God's to begin with anyway. If he takes it away, he ta- if it if it gets taken away, it gets taken away. It's not mine. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to bless God no matter what. Yeah, and and uh, there's a there's another a kind of a more popular story. I don't know if anybody anybody here listens to the Rick and Bubba show um, out of Birmingham, Alabama. I know they're syndicated all across different markets, but but I remember several years ago listening to the story of when Rick Burgess's son uh, drowned in their in their pool in their backyard. Mm. And, and this was like their two-year-old son. I, I mean, and they have other kids, but I just remember uh, him talking and, and, and even coming on, on air. He took a little bit of time off, but even coming on air afterwards and just telling the story of his son and telling the story of, of, of all of these things that, that had happened. And, and, th- and, and I'm sitting here thinking, I, I don't know that I would have even the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but he found a way to say, you know what, God gave us, I, I think he was maybe three or two or three when he when he drowned in, in the pool, but, but he said, God gave us two years with, with him, and man, they were, a, they were two great years. Let me tell you about all of the things that God did mm-hmm. in, this, in this two-year-old's life, and you think, man, you know, just a two-year-old, how could he affect? But, I mean, you would hear story after story after story of, people listening to him tell that on the radio and, and using his radio voice to, to get that story out there and really to, to proclaim the gospel in the midst of tragedy yeah, and how many people's lives that affected because of that, mm-hmm. you know? So just because something evil happens doesn't mean that, that there's not redemption at the end of that story. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what we have to remember is, is even though Satan has power, even though Satan does wreak havoc and it is very real havoc mm-hmm. and we don't want to downplay that havoc there is still redemption at the end of the story yeah you know revelation 20 and 21 and 22 like it has an end and satan is going to be vanquished yeah you know so we have we have to look forward to that we have mm-hmm. to we have to put our eyes on and say no i'm going to look to the future where i know that you are defeated yeah you know yeah. it's uh it's important to remember that uh, Satan is stronger than we are. Mm-hmm. Like Satan is is he was an angel. He's a fallen angel, so he's yeah he's much stronger than we are. He's much more knowledgeable about he's he knows more about us than we even know about yeah. us. He he knows scripture better than we know scripture. Yeah. I don't care how long you've been studying it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and and that's you know so he's he's better prepared. He's I mean he tried to he tried to convince the son of God using scripture mm-hmm. to uh, basically curse the name of God. Yeah. Jump off a ledge. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but we, you know, so we have to remember that, that Satan is stronger than we are, but also that Christ is stronger than Satan. Mm-hmm. And if we are in Christ, then we have that strength within us to uh, fend off Satan. Yeah. Yep, and, and and he is our adversary, and he should be taken seriously, mm-hmm. and 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 we should not diminish his power, okay? But we also should not overstate his power, and I, and I think, like you know, I I hear somebody would say, you know, oh, well, the devil made me do it. No, no, he didn't. No, you and your depravity did that. Mm-hmm. You know. He, he may have tempted you. He may have lied to you. He may have persuaded you, and that's why he is our adversary. But but no, he didn't make you do that. You know, and so so we need to take him seriously. But but that that ties that taking him seriously ties into how we should how we should also view demons. So let's talk right. about demons for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, demons are fallen angels that are kind of under the un, in the hierarchy of Satan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if Satan's the leader, then then the demons go, they're they're getting the marching orders on mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do. And one of my favorite books of all time is um the screw tape letters from C.S. Yes. Lewis. Yes. Screw tape book. letters from C.S. Lewis because if you've ever read that, like it it gives you so much perspective on the way demons operate. Mm-hmm. You know, and and 
you have you have wormwood and you have screw tape and you have all of these these interactions happening and and he's saying you know we'll try this we'll try that we'll you know do this one thing and make him think this one way and and you have to lure him out with this one type of thing and 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 so many times over and over and over again you you read that and you're like man c.s lewis was like decades ahead of his time yeah for sure book. I, I mean I, he really he wrote it in the context of world war ii mm-hmm. but even today you can still see the application of that book yeah so i don't know that's i mean that i don't i don't know how much we want I'm, to talk I'm, about demons i'm, I'm demons. sorry i thought you were going to keep going <laughs> no i wouldn't i was done no um yeah i mean i think you know when you started when we started talking about this you said screw tape letters and i was like you know that that's a great i don't i, I think if you haven't read the screw tape letters by c.s lewis you need to you need to pick it up you need to read yeah. it and and that is that gives you like you said great perspective on how demons operate how demons function mm. um it's almost a it's almost a, a picture of how satan interacts with demons yeah. to a degree you know you know uh satan giving the marching orders to the demons telling them how to how to deceive and um all that kind of stuff in with us and then the demons going back to satan and saying well this worked this didn't work and mm-hmm. satan basically saying well you're an idiot yeah. <laughs> try try again yeah um yeah, yeah. When it, when it comes to demons, and, and I love this little, this sentence from Packer because it, it really kind of gives a a super concise summary of, of the operation of demons. And he says, their minds are permanently set to oppose God, goodness, truth, the kingdom of Christ, and the welfare of human beings. That's an important one, the welfare of human beings. Mm-hmm. And they have real, if limited, power and freedom of movement. And so... You know, it's in <coughs> careful. Sorry about that. I'm just uh, just going to lose along here. Um, it's important to remember that that when you think about the the temptation of demons, they're going to try to picture something, or they're going to try to frame something so that it looks good to you, so that it looks appealing to you. But nothing within them wants goodness for you, mm-hmm. and so you have to look at what they're what what's being presented to you really you have to look at objectively and the best way to do that is to objectively compare it to scripture right what does scripture say mm-hmm. you know that's where eve went wrong you know the the serpent said did god really say that to you you know and, and he and he he frames the situation of what god said which was simply just a distortion of the truth yeah god said god said don't eat of this fruit because i'm telling you to telling you not to yeah. And then the the serpent comes in and says, "Oh, did he really say that?" Yeah. Well, the the only thing that he really wants is is total power, you know, and 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 that's and so they play on that. They play on our weaknesses really, which mm-hmm. is what which is again, to go back to true tape. That's exactly what uh they do in in the books. You know, Wormwood yep. is telling and that's that's what he's telling them. Mm-hmm. Is Hey, you got to play on this guy's weaknesses. You got to find out where his weaknesses are, whether it's women or whether it's, uh, you know, alcohol, uh, alcohol or work or, you know, or whatever. Name yeah, name you name it, whatever the weakness is, you gotta you gotta exploit that weakness. Yeah, and so as Christians, I mean, this is where we this is where we turn the debate back onto onto what Scripture says, what Scripture teaches. And then, and then uh, we apply that scripture to, and and you have to be, I mean, you really have to be very clear and concise, um, and thought out in a lot of the stuff. Otherwise, you will believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, look at look at the story of David in the Old Testament, where where he ends up uh, sleeping with a girl. Uh, I mean, uh, realistically, more like raping a girl, um, getting her pregnant, killing her husband. <laughs> you know. All of these things, all because he thought he could get away with something, mm-hmm. you know. And, and how many times do we tell ourselves, "Oh, well, if I just do this, it'll fix it." Yeah, you know. And that, that again, that's that is exactly 
compare it to scripture. Mm-hmm. Demons. Yeah. Saying, oh, well, if you just do this, you'll fix it. Yeah. If you just do this, you'll fix it. Mm-hmm. If you just it's exactly compare it to scripture, I into that lie because we're afraid to confront ourselves with the reality that we are weak. Mm-hmm. And, and that and that our strength doesn't come from ourselves, but it has to come from Christ. Right. And and we're fooling ourselves if we think that our exactly strength is capable of standing up against Satan or his demons. Because like Packer says, you know, demons have real power, even if it is limited, and they're free to move about in and uh, interact Want and that's influence us. Uh, you know, but it also, uh, Packer says that, you know, even as, you know, in the same way that the devil is in Luther, this is a, a phrase from Martin Luther, as the devil is God's devil, so the demons are God's demons, defeated mm-hmm. enemies whose limited power is prolonged only for the advancement of God's glory. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. every so everything that happens in our lives that demons are able to influence us to do that are um that satan's able to influence us to do or whatever mm-hmm. that power is only to look at what they're going what, god's only going to allow them to have that power uh for a short time it, it hit their their power will eventually run out and they will eventually yeah. get what's coming to them yeah yeah i mean they're they're gonna face judgment um, and they're going to face, and, and the reality is they're going to, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to face judgment mm-hmm. and, and their judgment is going to lead to eternal, um, damnation and eternal punishment. And, mm-hmm. and their judgment is going to lead to it. And, and part of me says, uh, they have to know that. That's yeah. why they, uh, they, they want to take as many down they with them as, as they many, can. Yeah. I mean, whenever you, whenever you find somebody who is just in this kind of like pit of despair or whatever. Or miserable, they want everybody to be miserable with them, mm-hmm. you know. And that, and and I think that's the way. That's the same way. They want everybody to be miserable. Demons operate is well. If we're going to go down, then we might as well take as many people down with us as we can. Yeah, you know. And 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 that's how they operate. So they yeah. don't. They operate in opposition to your goodness, which you know Romans eight twenty eight. And the reality is, they're uh, the Lord had just slipped my mind. <laughs> All things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So, whereas God is working for our good, mm-hmm. Satan is always working against our good. Right. He's he's working not for our good. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for those who are called into his purpose, you know, are you a person who is in Christ? Are you a person who has put your faith, your total trust, your, your life in the hands of Christ and said, I cannot do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, or are you a person that's still relying on your own strength? Because that's the strength that will get you drugged down by demons. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things, one of the interesting things, and this is this is one that I've always heard debated: is can a can a Christian be demon possessed? And and I I think Packer addresses it in here. Um, I think it's important to realize that that if if someone has the indwelling Holy Spirit. No, they cannot be demon possessed. Mm-hmm. They can be demon oppressed, which is something completely different, right? Um, you know, they can they can be they can be influenced by demons, but they they cannot be possessed by demons like like somebody who does not have their faith in Christ, right? Um, that you know, that would and, be a that would be a you'd have two very combating residents, yeah. Yeah. Within you, if, if that were the case, then and those two couldn't coexist. Yeah, if you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you cannot be indwelt by a demon as well. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so that's a that's a that's a little sidebar, and 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 that discussion on demons t- brings us around full circle to the discussion on angels. You know, if if mm-hmm. if we have Satan, if we have demons, or we have the opposite of of demons, you know, we have angels, and then we have God. Mm-hmm. Who, who is the opposite? So you you, you kind of have this full circle thing going on, and and the question that we are going to answer on this podcast is how many angels can fit on the tip of a needle? Okay, because <laughs> that's that's always the question I hear when people talk about angels. Well, how many angels can fit on the tip of a needle? I don't hmm. know. 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> I've literally never heard that. You haven't? Until oh, just now. Wow. <clears throat> you need to talk to some more atheists because that's always the question that the atheists like. Yeah. It so, sounds like a... Like a yeah. So, or the, or the better question is when we all become angels and get our angel wings, are we going to be fat little chubby babies that's, that ride on clouds like the, the Charmin angel or like Cupid? I don't know. I've The Bible has some pretty vivid uh, descriptions of angels that don't look nothing like fat chubby babies no. riding on clouds. No. I want to be like Michael, like, because, you know, he's all like cool and stuff and got the sword and the... I was about to say, there's like a... Archangel like, like thing. The, like the flaming wings and the... The fiery sword or whatever it is. Heck yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so angel, angels are no joke. So when we say angels, we're not saying like flying around with white fluffy wings and halos and like clean shaven guys. And No, these guys are like, think of like the baddest, baddest dudes you've ever seen in your life. These are like John Wick, but good. For a split second, I thought you were going to say John Cena. <laughs> or that. <laughs> yeah. So ima- so imagine like... A good version me. of John Wick. Like, if John Cena and Dwayne The Rock Johnson could put all their DNA into one thing, <laughs> and then, like, the guy from The Matrix could also be a part of that. Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's John Wick. Oh, uh, yes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> And like that bad, that bad a dude would like <laughs> run home with his tail between his legs if he encountered a legitimate, like a like a angel of heaven. Basically, angels are Chuck Norris. Even Chuck Norris would run would <laughs> would run run screaming like a little girl. It's probably true. It's probably true. And and I mean, Chuck Norris can do whatever you want Chuck Norris to do. I can't even think of a Chuck Norris joke off the top of my head um, right now. Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups. He, uh, what's, what's the one? Dang it. <laughs> See, when you're trying to think about him, you can't ever remember him. I'm yeah. going to think of Chuck Norris. When I lay down to go to sleep tonight, I'm going to think of a That's Chuck all, Norris joke. You're going to be like, that gummit. Yep. So, all right. But, so, angels. <laughs> so All that to say angels. <laughs> all that to say angels. But angels, so the word, and when you get into the Greek New Testament, when you talk about the word angels, you get the word angelos. Um, which means messenger. So angels mm-hmm. are typically bringing a message for the most mm-hmm. part, unless you're talking about a Michael or, you know, the revelation, the book of revelation, um, kind of, we're just going to kind of avoid those for just a minute here and talk the majority of scripture. You, the majority of the time, angels are bringing messages. Yeah. They're delivering messages. They're mm-hmm. ministering. Um, you know, when you have the temptation of Jesus at the end of the temptation of Jesus, it says at the end of the 40 days, Angels came administered to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll think, they, I'll think about even the angels speaking to Mary and Joseph before Jesus yeah. was even born. Like they came mm-hmm. with a message saying, "Mary, you're carrying. Yeah. You're about to. You're going to conceive the Son of God." Yeah. And Joseph, stick it out. Like, yeah, don't be mail. a man. Be a man. Yeah, be a man. You, you, you made a. You made an agreement. Stick to your yeah. word. It's going to be worth it. So, so even though these are incorporeal which means they don't have a body they're incorporeal beings um they're still personified at least through scripture they're personified as intelligent beings they're Mm -hmm. they're they're beings that that have a purpose they have uh some type of knowledge they're not like robots they're not ai or anything like that they are living working intelligent beings of some incorporeal state you know Mm -hmm. they don't get married they don't um, they're not given to marriage. They don't have kids. Um, sorry, Mormons. Angels don't have kids. God doesn't have a wife. Uh, I don't know any other way to say that. Um, I'm sure there's probably not any Mormons listening to our podcast about theology. And hey, fear. you never know. <laughs> if there is, hey, I'm sorry about that. Um, but but so in in a way you almost have like you have God and then you have this step down as angels. And then you have just below the angels is mankind. Yeah. Um, and, and mankind is talked about as being the most exalted state short of an angel mm-hmm. in, in, in creation. And so, yeah. well, so the, you, the, you know, angels and mankind are similar in that they were, um, one of the two 
personal beings that God created. Yeah. Like, like there are individuals like, like the same way that there is Rick and there's Patrick. There are angels who, with names like Michael or Gabriel, Gabriel. Yeah. So Gabriel is a cool name. There are angels that are, they, they are personal, personalized the way that mankind is personalized. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. One, one last thought on angels that I, that I really appreciated is, is when you, when you see the activity of angels and Packer pointed this out, when you see the activity of angels, you typically see major turning points in history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you have the, the beginning days of the church. You have, you have the work of the Holy Spirit. You have the work of angels happening then. And in the times of early church fathers, you have the work of angels in that time. Um, and then eventually when Christ returns, and then this is, I mean, this is kind of like the big event when Christ returns, there's going to be angels that are coming and doing work in, in that time too. Mm-hmm. And so when you see the work of angels, when you see it manifested, that typically means there is a huge work of God that is, that is happening at that moment. Um, but, but in all of this, we, sh- we should always remember as Christians that, that our job, we, you know, and I don't want to say it this way because it, it sounds a little harsh, but you, you don't have a guardian angel. You don't have, mm. uh, you know, I, I, nowhere in Scripture does it says that there's an angel assigned to you personally. You know, there are angels that do the ministering of God, and, and they do that. They, they protect. They mm-hmm. do all of those things, yes. But, but you don't have a guardian angel that when you're walking down the street keeps you from tripping and, you know, breaking your ankle or something like that. That's, that's never never discussed to my knowledge it's never discussed in in scripture so mm-hmm. you know we shouldn't think about that think about it that way and on the on the flip side of that you also don't have an assigned demon to your to your life you know mm. uh you know the, the the screw tape letters is right in that you know you have this thing you have the the this working back and forth and and it's it's important to remember that the screw tape letters is fiction what even though we might think it's true <laughs> um so the idea is there, mm-hmm. but but you don't necessarily have an assigned demon to your life and an assigned angel, and this angel and this demon have to like battle it out over your life the whole time. You, um, wait, 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 wait! So you're telling me like all those cartoons of like the angel on one shoulder and the demon and the, on the other shoulder? That's not yeah, that's not how it it's works. Not, totally not true. Oh well, sorry, sorry, I just ruined your childhood for you. Yep, my childhood um, is just completely wrecked. That's sorry, okay. Sorry about that. But but the important thing is to remember that that we are given specific instructions as children of God. So if you are a believer in Christ and you you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have specific instructions that Paul gives us at the end of Ephesians, where he says says put on the shield of faith, put on the helmet of salvation, take up the sword of the Spirit, put on the breastplate of righteousness, um, put on the belt of truth, uh, the gospel of peace. You know, the, your feet are fitted for the gospel of peace. And you you put on all the all of these things because we are in spiritual warfare as much as the angels are in spiritual warfare, mm. and so we have to fight against the demons as much as the angels have to fight against yeah. the demons, and and that's why Paul was so adamant about that. You know, we are at war. You know, and so you know I hear people, oh Lord, you know, send your angels to protect us. Okay, he he is, but that still doesn't mean that you can't yeah. fight. That, and, that doesn't, you know, asking God to to give you protection doesn't negate your responsibility in protecting yourself. Exactly. And, set, and setting yourself up to, for success. Yes. yes. Or not and success, but to be able to fend off or the just, evil. Or just to be able to fight. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to win. He, the, the point of Ephesians 6 is doesn't doesn't say that you win. It just says you're ready. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, so that's why we do all that stuff. And then once we're prepared, once we're ready with mm-hmm. the knowledge of God's word, with the, you know, we're prepared with our, our faith, we have our faith strengthened through the reading of the word. You know, a lot of this really comes from the sword of the spirit, uh, which is the word of God, um, is what Paul calls it. And, and so when we have that applied to our lives, then we're ready for these attacks from demons and from Satan. And we're ready to do battle with our angels, you know, with with the angels protecting us in mm-hmm. in tow. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but it's the life is not a bunch of, of, you know, angels, angels and demons fighting over you and you just kind of hanging out in the background until one of them wins. No, you're active in this as much as God is active in your life. You are active in your spiritual warfare as well. Yeah. We, we, we all have a role in, in all of it. We, we are not, um, we're not, we're not able to just sit by and wait. There's an active, yeah, we have to be active in it. I'm trying to remember what it was. I read something, but I can't remember what it was that was talking about this. I don't know. It's gone. (laughs) I know you don't know. (laughs) I don't know what you were reading that one time. Yep. So. Oh, well. So there's our discussion. Angels, demons, Satan, the whole shebang, Oktoberfest. Kind of a fun discussion in in the month of October. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yep. Um, still in, still enjoyed the Hofbrew. Still give it four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, if they want to find us on social media, where can they find us? So, uh, if you are an Instagrammer, if you're on the Instagram, you can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. If you're on the Twitter. You can find us at Beers and Bible P1. And if you are uh, living in 2006, you can email us at uh, Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion. It's been yeah. fun. Yeah. It's been a good, good discussion. Uh, quick, we hope quick, you enjoyed our review. Real quick preview of next week. We will finally finish part one. Of four of J.I. Packer's <laughs> Concise Theology. We are literally going to be in this book for a year. I mean, we this will be, you know, week one we did the uh, what the Bible has to say about alcohol and alcoholic beverages. So we've, after next week, that'll be 13 weeks that we've been in Concise Theology and we are done with part one. 12 weeks in. So. Buckle there, up. There you go. <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. Yeah. We hope you keep listening. Yeah. Please keep listening. <laughs> we until, enjoy it. We're going to keep doing these. Yeah. And tell your friends. Share it. Tell your, if your church is okay with the consumption of alcohol, share it there. Hey, look. Hey, all right. This is, this is going to be a closing note, I promise. So I was reading Matthew the other day. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, it says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking and you called him a glutton and a drunkard. So the only three conclusions that I can come away with from Matthew chapter 11, verse 19 is either one, Jesus drank. Number two, Jesus did not drink, drink and Matthew lied about it. Or number three, Jesus did not drink. And what was my other, I wrote it down. Let me, I'm going to look this up, and I'm going to have to cut some of this out. Let me look it up right here, because I wrote it down. Okay, here we go. Three possible conclusions. If Jesus did not drink, then the verses make him out to be a liar. Make Jesus out to be a liar, because that's Jesus talking. Number two, if Jesus did not drink, Matthew reported him saying this, then Matthew is a liar, and Scripture cannot be trusted. And then number three, Jesus drank. I mean, <laughs> logically, if I mean, if we believe in the infallacy of Scripture, you know, if inerrancy, we believe, you mean inerrancy, infallacy is a whole different thing. <laughs> if we believe in the inerrancy of inerrancy of Scripture, we believe that everything in the Bible is the inspired word of God because mm-hmm. the Bible says that it's the inspired word of God, and we know that God can't lie. Then, food lo- for thought. Logic dictates food for thought. So. Jesus drank. Until next week. Jesus drank. <laughs> Until next week, we hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, yep. We want you to come back and enjoy another, our final Oktoberfest next week. We may we may mention a few more next week. We might, we might uh, get some honorable mentions have. or something yeah, some out honorable there. honorable mentions in there. Um, just on some different things that we've tasted. So we'll see how it goes. But until next week, have a great week and enjoy some Oktoberfest beer. Peace out. See you later. You enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. 
please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 